Now, Lauren, um, I really don't pay attention to Lauren. All right. I'm kind of speechless. I Not you, dear. <laughs> I think you know who our guest is just from not you, dear. Mm-hmm. This man is, I can't even, has, I've known him since I'm born. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I adore him. He is an icon. He mm. is... One of the mo- most brilliant, most talented, most... I, I don't even know what to say. There's, Effervescent. There's not a lot of people... <laughs> Effervescent. I can't wait to hear voice. who this is. Oh. <laughs> Scintillating. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is the Mr. Dick Cavett. I can't even... Oh, my God. Dick! Can't you hear the letdown out there? No. Uh, oh my no. God! I can't believe it. They thought they were going to get somebody fabulous. Yeah, like the the fat Jew. And What's you, his name? The fat Jew. Which one? Oh, don't bring me into this. Oh, I don't know. There's a guy. <laughs> I'm not touching this is, that this one. This is going to be on in a couple weeks, so it's probably. Oh, oh dead you don't by mean now. the late Jackie Leonard? No, oh. <laughs> no. Um, it was some guy on social media. He's the fat Jew. He would steal people's jokes and put it on his account, and then he gets. Um, he gets a deal with CAA. You know, uh, he really? gets CAA, says, oh, we want to represent you because you have five million followers. And then all these comics are like, he's stealing all our jokes. And now he has a deal with CAA. And he also had a deal for his own show on Comedy Central. That's how much no one cares about the content about in your head. Th- this and, uh, obese, he, he brave right. gentleman. And so uh, now <laughs> he lost all his stuff because all the comics came out. Okay. But the, what does well, CAA good, think? Though. What do they think? Like... I, I don't. That's a damn good question. I and mean, I don't understand what hap- What happened? They're not keeping to this track. world. What? Well, right? we live in a world where uh, mediocrity is often rewarded, right? And when you grow up, you will adjust to that. And you no, won't I ever won't. Ha- you won't. I'm 52, <laughs> and I still. That's why I have the Kill Me Now podcast. Well, I do often I still, think of you as one of mediocrity's worst enemies. Thank so. you. Oh, God. Can someone record that, and then we'll put it on a quote? We should, and, let's on let's my put it on a podcast. Yes. We should go on the air with this. Oh, I love you. Are we on? Are we on? We're now? on. We're oh, on. Okay. Mr. Cavett. Um, Please, Mr. I have, Cavett. What's I, Mr. I don't know. I'm just being an asshole. Can Listen. You, can you bring yourself to say Mr. Dick? Mr. Dick. And, yeah. Mr. Dick. That, that I'm just calling like, you Dick, even call though. Dick. I, I have a lot. Now, I want to start. Mm-hmm. A little bit about your life, because I find you to be a very fascinating. I mean, you grew up in Nebraska. Yes, I grew um, most of the way up. Yes, and then you stopped growing. <laughs> um, and don't, don't rub it in. <laughs> your parents were educators. I, I, you know, the fact that your mom died when you were ten. Um, mm. It. I. That's always. I've. I've always. You know, my mom just passed away. Uh, a no, few I few weeks ago, and and I just. You know. Thank God I had her till 92. She gave me a lot of material. Uh, I'd yeah, rather have her 
passing than in this, you know, the the condition she was in. But sure. ten years old. I mean, that's supposed to be um, statistically and uh, in the medical field the worst age. Right. It does the most damage. Right. It's just the worst part. You're near or some people at about the age of puberty. Right. And you're awkward still. And you need your folks. Right. And it's embarrassing. That's the most awful it thing. It was to embarrassing. Admit. It was embarrassing to have people saying, How's your mom? Mm. And having to say, and my dad said, um, Say much the same or about the same. And they'd right. go, Oh, good. Right. And you knew it wasn't true. And that right. was very hard. Yeah, yeah. So you kept it a, a secret, sort of? No, I, di- I just didn't talk about it. And. Uh, then the old maid school teacher, which was redundant in those days, yes, um, because these poor women, my father, who was a school teacher, always said these poor, personalityless, drab, colorless women, grew up that way, and they had two choices in life. Marriage was not one of them, right? In most cases, so you became a teacher, a nurse, or a nurse, or yeah. a nun, or, or a nun, yeah, or I suppose. A criminal, if you remember right. enough. But uh, so it was Miss Gabus and Miss Fuchs and Miss Swanson and Miss Nones, huh? Miss Nones. Then they all sounded like they all wrote the same. Uh, right, uh, right, right. And Miss Gabus in fifth grade took me aside after my mother died. I don't like past. I was. I like died too. I just started yeah. saying past because other people did. Well, you like, just used both in almost the same sentence. Really? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, well, uh, in yeah. fact. It, Pardon me for no, no. I trouble. love you. Getting no. off the improvising the Valentine beer commercials notoriously with Mel Brooks years ago. He said, and then a terrible catastrophe happened, and he passed away. And I said, and then died. And he said, and then died. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But anyway, yeah. So it was Mother's Day, a thing that should no. be forbidden in school. I so agree. Yeah, rarity then to have a divorce, let alone. One guy I knew in all of grade school, his parents were divorced. Mm -hmm. So she took me aside and said, now we'll be making our Mother's Day cards. And you are the only one who doesn't have a mother, and so you can go to the library. (gasps) I thought, You don't have to hide that. Say it. You can say it. Frig thee. I, Um, that is so awful. But it was so, it wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't defiant. I was, it was just. Well, you're, I mean, you're such pain. Yeah. Do you think, um, like, I, I, I've experienced that on a, as a, you know, I, my kids have two moms, so I've experienced a lot of, and I wrote an article, uh, for HuffPost about taking Ben, my younger one, to get his tonsils out and doing all the insurance. And in front of him, the nurse says, or the person at the desk, um, who's the, Who's the real mother? And I said, first of all, we're both his mothers. If you want to know who his biological mother is, I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. But don't ever say that to another person, mm-hmm. and especially in front of a child. As distinct from his artificial mother. Right. Um, and I ended up writing some tweets, even though I, I will talk about social media with you because I cannot stand it, but mm-hmm. uh, about this. And I ended up writing this article about how to treat gay families, you know, because it, it got to the point where I had crossed out, and it, you know, I had parent and parent. Yeah. I crossed these in, in, in Sharpie, and yet 
the day he got home, the hospital called. I ran out to get him something to drink, and the hospital called while he was there and said, is your mother or father home? And that was it for me. You know, after I had... Every form said, yeah, mother and mother. How long does it take people to wake up? It'd probably, it'd be useful to do a little booklet of protocol. Yeah, exactly. Because I, even I admit that I hope my features didn't betray my surprise when a guy I know well and we're working with in a play or something, a mm. new friend, mm-hmm. says my husband. Right. And I think you don't mean... Right. Sure. I think that's because a normal response. How can you shed all those years right, of, of where husband met one thing? Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think now? I I don't want to begin with this, but um, I, I I don't I if your mother had not passed mm-hmm. and you have you had another you know a stepmom your your Which father remarried yeah. and yeah and you liked her correct yeah um, do. You, how, how did that change the trajectory of, you know, your thinking or, or I, I, you I know? Think what, uh, I think what you, what I would say to that would be that it taught me don't get too attached to anything. Right. Because the gods, being what they are, will snatch it away from right. you because they envy the talented it's the old Greek idea right. of the gods envy those who rise too high and smite them low. Right. Now, I didn't think of it at age 10. 10, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking of it. But you felt it. Aeschylus or Herodotus yeah. even. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, my mother lost her brother uh, when she was fifth, when he was, he was 15. Um, and oh, she God. was... Well, he was 14, she was 16, and they were playing in front of this building on uh, West 89th Street, where I, I know you used to live. Um, wow. I know. You uh, and your home. You had a $51 three-bedroom apartment, $51 a month. No? What are you, some sort of witch? I know everything about you. <laughs> and And she had the, you know, her brother was playing... In front of the building with his friends. Oh, God, and I don't want to hear this. You don't. But anyway, the doorman was like, you guys can't play here. Grabbed his jacket off a car. He ran into the lobby to get his jacket. The doorman's throwing the jacket to the super's daughter, like playing keep away. He goes to reach for the jacket. The doorman pushes him. He falls on the marble floor, hits and hits his head and dies. And I, I, <laughs> and that, that is the, her, that experience. It, she had the same attitude as you. You know, like, God, it's going to take it away. They take it away. Don't Mm -hmm. become too attached. And I think that because they never talked about it, I mean, you're from the generation where they never therapy, forget it, you know? And they never talked about it. And I feel like that is why I'm the most hysterical. Like, my kids, I'm like, no, I mean, I really have to. It only takes one thing like that. Yeah, yeah. But it it goes from generation to generation, I think. I don't know. Do you know enough about Judaism, or as some people meticulous to say, Judaism? Yeah. To know in what part of Jewish philosophy or Hebrew works or old uh, parts of the Torah and so on, the idea that if evil is done as with a doorman causing a kid's right. death. You don't forgive him. You must. Your duty is to rectify the balance of good and evil in the world, in this right. case, by killing him. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, that's a held philosophy, and I feel it a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't forgive the people those black folks forgave in that church killing. Right. I want them picked 
slowly to pieces with a pair of pliers. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, the vic the, the people the, who do those right, things. Right, right, right. Not just, not just that one. Oh, I, I don't... Yeah, I can't believe... That, that you know, even the gunmen in uh, this is getting so depressing. The gunmen at, in now. Colorado. I mean, this is really kill me now. The gunmen in Colorado. Like, I, I don't. Why? Why does he get to have three meals a day? And mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't understand. And you know, like, what is the, yeah. we spent waste so much money when we know. This person did this and ruined so many lives. Why does he get to live possibly a better life than he was leading? He right. doesn't have to worry about taxes or right. where food's coming from, or he'll get to see a movie now and right. then. And so you just you triggered a thought in me that I think's been forming mm. because of these cases. Yeah. Why kill the person who did it? In the Hebraic sense that right. I was talking of, that's the thing, because it's the balance of evil right. and good must be rectified, right. rebalanced. Why not let that person be certain that he lives and experiences the horrors of aging and death? Right. I totally... That's what they deserve. Right, right. In solitary confinement. Yeah, and the, Miss Betty Davis right. deserves a medal for saying old age is not for sissies. Oh, yes. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. I love that. Now, you were a gold medal gymnast. Now that we've done the funny stuff. Yeah, we stuff. did the whole funny stuff. So now we're going to get to this here. So you were a gold medal gymnast. Oh, like, thank you for mentioning that. I just have to know, did you do like the balance beam and the uneven bars and wow. all that crap? No, You're I, a nerd and a jock. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great... Yeah. And that a, the, that's yeah, a, that's you must term. be a ladies' man. Is yeah. that how I won your heart? Yes, oh, yes. I'm in love with you. you yes. Feel how she embraced me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my team in, in Lincoln High School, Lincoln, Nebraska, class of 54, uh, started a gymnastics team, but they only had mats and a horse, a pommel mm -hmm. horse. Then called I, the side horse. I hated that horse. Well, the horse is the hardest piece to work. Right. Every gymnast knows this. I mean, it's just a. I thought fat. balance beam was pretty. Well, there was no balance beam. There then. wasn't? What there were was, or vice were. versa, um, the flying rings. Oh, yes. Long swing. Yes, yes. And the our horse. coach made everybody work every piece a little bit. But when they only had a horse, I got up at six every morning, worked the horse, working the horse. It was so goddamn hard that a ballet dancer will confirm this. If you take Saturday and Sunday off, you can't do what you could do mm -hmm. on Friday. On no Monday. way. Mm -hmm. Tuesday, maybe. So it was uh, every so, day? Uh, I didn't do t weekends, but mm -hmm. still, on Monday, you had lost something, mm -hmm. which right. gives you some idea of what years of not exercising right. do. But, uh, yeah, I... I loved doing it, and I was really good at it, and I won that gold medal. Was I, that how great did you feel? Well, the only thing I felt great about was my father had once wistfully said, and he didn't wish to become a school marm, as he said. He would rather have been an athlete or an engineer or a baseball player. Um, hmm. But he once said, perhaps ill-advisedly, now that you're in high school, it would be nice if you could let her in something. We know the term. That letter. is such a Jewish comment. And now that like, you're in high school, <laughs> it would be nice for the family if, uh, you know, you could have a letter on your jacket. Wouldn't hurt. Yeah, you, wouldn't and, hurt. And, I'm not I'm not saying you have to, but... And, and uh, study yeah. a little medicine yeah, on the right, side. Yeah, right, right. In case. So th that was great that I got that for, for him. You um, did it for him. I'm not saying that, as the Brits would say, that he suspected I was a Nancy boy. Right. Huh. But, 
love that expression. I know, just an actor. Boy. <laughs> um, okay, so in eighth grade, you direct a radio show. I mean, you're pretty way ahead of your time as a young kid. You you directed a radio show, right? Yeah, yeah. You were in the plays. That's good yeah, to the drama. A, I was in the plays. You were on the horse. Yeah. You lettered. Thank God. Did and magic. Did magic and, and went to Yale. Uh, I don't know if anyone's yeah. heard of Yale. Yale? It's Yale. A, who was it, what, what who was in your graduating class that is of any sort of you know, prominence? A, a, a bizarre instance. A man who murdered his children and wife and has not been seen since. No. Yeah. What's his name? Or- uh, well, I'll just say his initials, Brad Bishop. <laughs> nice. Wow. You can Google him. It's I'm gonna a bizarre, Google. still open case. I am Google Everyone at home, uh, or wherever the hell you it's are. It's a, a biting All mystery. All of those he has detectives been apparently out there. seen. Now, this is years ago, but he could statistically still be alive. Um, in my uh, the great Bud Trillin, Calvin Trillin was yes. a year ahead of me, so I can't count. Oh, yeah. I love Calvin Trillin. James Franciscus, mm-hmm. the late actor, who was so gorgeous, movie star, beautiful. Are you being a Nancy? An under, not yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless I mention his hair and his eyes. Oh yes, <laughs> but well, you stop, could let. Stop. But if you let her, I'll let you talk about yeah. it. Yeah. I'm a jock. Let's yeah. not forget that. Keep that before your um, eyes. Uh, he he was uh, he looked like Alan Ladd, pretty mm-hmm. much close. Um, and when we were headed a play, and I would do two character parts in the same play with hair whitener in one scene, <laughs> and blacking it with carbon paper to right. play the f- the photographer in right. another, and so on. And I expected the agents to come flocking right. to my dressing room, <gasps> and they all went to either. Evans Evans or Carrie Nyes, my late wife, or mm-hmm. in this instance in time, James Franciscus, mm-hmm. they had contracts ready. Right. And look he, at you now. He went down from Yale during the year and mm-hmm. did a Playhouse 90 or a no way. one. And it, you imagine the hatred I had oh, for him. Oh, please. You know what Gore Vidal says that applies to our business more than almost any other, but certainly it's universally good. <laughs> Judy. Mm-hmm. Success is not enough. One's friends must fail. <laughs> I love it. I think that a lot of comics go by, you know. Oh, yeah. Yes, I think that is, yeah. In my little list I was trying to make of things that annoy me, I wrote a, one of my Times online columns on this, but the sad phenomenon of the B comic, the B level right, right, comic, right, 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 who's good and talented and gets work and plays the mountains and right. plays clubs and gets on at another time. Ed Sullivan, right, maybe once a year, or right. once every few years. Unfortunately, uses all his material and gets booked again. Right. But the thing that haunts them is why aren't they? What? Show me the difference they feel between right. me and Bob Hope and Jack Benny and right. George Burns right. and Sid Caesar. And Milton Berle, even. Why, um, why aren't they? What? Why aren't they there? Right. There were some happy enough B-level comics. I didn't put this in the article, but um, Jackie Leonard, I love. Right. Fat Jack. Right. Um, uh, and uh, he was the nicest man you could imagine. Some in the business would say, define that as being the opposite of, say, Danny Kaye. Right. 
Mm. Uh, but we're not using real names. Wait, here. but what about uh, <laughs> Francis Fay? Was Danny Kay's cousin? Do you remember Francis Fay? Yes. And uh, I, she, I think she was way ahead of her time. No. Francis Fay was terrific. I know. I yeah. loved her. Yeah, but uh, Danny Kay was heavily loathed. Right. Okay. Fabicina, we uh, call it Fabicina. Fabicina, yeah, not Meshuggah mm-hmm. necessarily, right. but uh, Mel Brooks corrected my use of that. Mel Brooks' first comment when he met whom they had chosen from a nightclub to be his Carl Reiner for right. the Valentine commercials looked at me and said, spectacularly Gentile. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, can you tell everyone who Gene Goyle Gloy. Gloys. Gloy. Gloy. Oh, it looks it like to... a typo for Gene, Goyle. Well, yeah, Gene, Gene Gloys. Gloy, a name I've never Gloy. run across before or since. Uh, I went to a, a a magic show in, mm-hmm. in Lincoln, a local thing, and uh, uh, I mean a variety show, and this right. magician came on, and he was spectacular. And I wrote him a note, and I said, uh, particularly your rabbit vanish. I know how it's usually done with the lid of the thing and mm-hmm. so on, but you turned the lid over and that makes it impossible. And anyway, enjoyed it and would love to meet you or something. And he wrote back and said, come over Saturday. And for the next years, he was my mentor in magic. Mm-hmm. He died about two years ago. Uh, but I just saw his wife and the baby who was being suckled by her mm-hmm. one day? My first time I'd ever seen that. Right. When I was. I can the, show you right now. Well, <laughs> please not again. Okay, in sorry. The, yeah, the, in the Gloy apartment, mm-hmm. and uh, and now I'm talking to the kid who looks like uh, Ernest Borgnine, right. only handsome. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say, not good. What babies turn into is yeah. just remarkable. But that's Jean Gloy. My yeah. God, woman, you have Jean done Gloy, work. and you met Johnny Carson doing magic. So I did. Mm-hmm. There's a magician at uh, Westminster Church next Friday, my friend said. And I said, well, you know, let's mm-hmm. go. Who is it? Well, he's a pretty big magician. Mm-hmm. He has his own show. And you think, <laughs> Jackie Gleason? No, right. he's not a magician. Johnny had a radio show in Omaha. Right. Came over in possibly his 38 DeSoto mm-hmm. uh, and... Performed in the which Jay Leno basement. probably owns right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there, there was this slim, nice-looking young man. Mm-hmm. I had the, my pushiness had started already. Oh, I like it. And I took my two friends backstage in the church basement where the curtain was closed. Mm-hmm. And there, you got the filthy look you can only get from a magician, a magician when somebody, when he's setting up, right, putting the dove inside right. his coat, and you know. And he gave us this dirty look, which I never saw from him again. Right. And I said, it's okay, Mr. Carson, we're magicians. And I said, oh, okay, fellas, come on over here. And he showed it. I do his voice a little. Right. It's more nasal than mine. Uh, that's fine. Here, uh, here, do you know this card fan? We do the pressure fan. He was nice to us. He introduced us from the audience during his oh, show. Oh, that's so sweet. Among the 109 people who were there. Mm-hmm. And wow. we thought we were on Ed Sullivan. We stood up and took right. a bow. And then we watched in awe as he drove off into the darkness. In his 38. Back to where he was a big star in Omaha. Wow. On, on the radio. Uh, you came to New York, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, you're here now. True. Uh, as I know, you lived on West 89. Can't but, uh, refute that. But you used to go to 
Broadway shows and sneak in. You'd have a variety. You'd have something, and you'd sneak in yeah, my, to meet yeah, the well, stars. Well, you have alluded to my masterpiece, which was... I sneaked into the Schubert Theater. The great thing about being at Yale, among many, was that a half a block away mm-hmm. and immortalized in the movie All About Eve mm-hmm. is the Schubert. Mm-hmm. Right. And every, almost every week I saw a Broadway show coming or going on tour, but mostly right. try. I saw the Lunts. I saw everybody <gasps> you could imagine over and over. And I walked in one day and the stage was full of people in costume. Mm-hmm. And it was a London neighborhood of some sort. And a man whose voice and face seemed familiar was singing with a little bit of luck, with a little bit of, of luck, luck, Stanley Holloway. Uh-huh. And it went Moss Hart mm-hmm. with his wonderful coat over his shoulders, long coat, and grips to hold it, was directing. OMG. It was directing <clears throat> Caps, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, um, among others were Rex Harris and Julie Andrews. Oh, I haven't um, heard of them. My, <laughs> my, as there was the a riff joke riff on riff Fire riff. Island, there was a gay version of it called "My Fay Laddie." <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> a little misuse of Fay, but it works for the joke. But then, but you became the talent coordinator. Like, you would send jokes. You sent in jokes, right, to Jack Parr and... Well, I didn't... It's quite, I, I, a normal person would have sent them. I delivered right. them. You by. would deliver them, yes. <laughs> I came from... I mean, there's no facts then. There's nothing. I, no. I mean, there's no facts now anymore. No. But you literally would go there and hand them... I, 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 heard, I read a story... It was a one-time event. In the hallway. Yeah. You handed him jokes in an envelope. But guess where I what? left from? This building. No way. This building. This, this Time Life building? 25th floor, I think. I was a copy <gasps> boy. Some get, get the number of, you know, the moments in life that right. if they hadn't happened, everything would have been right. different. Scary subject. Right. Full circle. Somebody happened to leave the Journal American open, and Marie Torre, a columnist who later went to jail mm-hmm. to not reveal sources, um, in bold print, I saw Jack Parr. I was infatuated with Jack mm-hmm. Parr. Jack Parr worries more about his monologue than any part of the show. Right. And I went home and I typed two pages of what Jack Parr would say and uh, went to NBC. And there's the corny part. As I went through the basement, got out of the subway under mm-hmm. 30 Rock over there, I went through the turnstile and... It, Perhaps something in my education, too analytical sort of thing, made me think, this is a symbol. It's a turning point oh, in my I life. Oh, I love that. Oh, God, I hate to say it. I need a turnstile. You're... And, and, well, it's still there. I'm going to go over there after this. <laughs> Run around a little. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, of course, there was no security of any kind in America right. at that time. So, and I knew that I'd cased the building, so I went took the 6th Avenue elevator up 6th floor. I knew Jack's office was there. I walked down the hall, and I thought, if I don't see him, I'll forget this silly thing. And mm-hmm. here he came. And I said, Mr. Parr, I wrote you some jokes. <laughs> and I had put them in a time envelope. Mm. This was a smart move. He That's saw that. That's very smart. He saw that instantly. Yeah. Very smart, Maria. Very yeah. smart. Yeah. Nice. And then I went and sat in the audience, and he came out, and I knew what was going to happen when he reached into his coat and <gasps> took out some folded paper, and I knew he was going to say, knowing Jack, without having met him, he's going to say, some kid came up to me in the hall. Right. I, I don't know who he is. You know, uh, He was only this 
tall. And, and, <laughs> and, and he gave me these jokes better than anything my writers have written for me. Right. Jack would do that, but he did not. <laughs> He took out a piece of paper that was a traffic monologue, mm-hmm. or mother-in-law or something. Right. I sank down in my seat. That day, tabloids all had the phrase pirate ship in their headline. First big ship hijacking mm-hmm. way back then. 1960, probably. He's in the audience with a hand mic, and a woman says, Hey, what do you think about this uh, right. pirate ship thing going on? And Jack said... Yeah, imagine the passengers when a voice came over saying, attention please, this is your pirate speaking. (laughs) Huge laugh, and that was one of my lines. No! And he did a couple more through the show, afterwards said, you want to write, don't you, kid? And that's that's why you and I are sitting here now. Uh, If he hadn't had to pee that day when he did. It's unbelievable! I know, your life's full of the ones you don't even know about. Right, and then, but you were the talent coordinator too, right? It was kind of a technicality. He said, we can't take you on right now with the writing budget, so you will book talent for a mm. while. It's called being a booker, and you'll right. interview people. And I did that. And then I became a writer. Oh, and, uh, uh, all right, one of my favorite jokes, Chinese-German restaurant. Thank you. That's <laughs> a lot of people's. You know, Woody Allen laughed at that when I, he came down and saw me in the bitter right. end the night I put that joke in. And here's how Woody uproariously reacts. Great joke, Cabot. <laughs> <laughs> Great joke, Cabot. Those, can you tell? Can you tell these young people who are listening? Consonants. In. Uh, oh, tell the joke. Yes, you must tell the joke. Well, that was it. It was there's a uh, I, there, there was a Spanish American restaurant and something something, and I thought, what else would be funny? How about Chinese German? Ooh, yep, Chinese German food, great. Problem is, an hour later, you're hungry for power. <laughs> it was stolen weeks later on that arsenal of avalanche mm-hmm. of joke stealing, right? Um, What's it called? The Judy Carn and everybody yeah. laughing. Yeah. Woody's jokes mm. appeared in there constantly. It's and, a, it's, and you couldn't do anything about no. it. A nice producer. Right. And um, I know him. And there was a dreadful man on the mm-hmm. bar staff whose initials were Paul Keys. <laughs> and, um, That's my favorite. The great, great joke. Cabot. Get the final T Cabot. in Cabot. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the great David Lloyd, as Richard Corliss, a time critic, always called me. I went to Yale with David. He worked for me. He worked for Parr. He was Jack's next-door neighbor. And then he went on because his daughter told him about a show he'd never seen called The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Oh. And described the characters. Right. This, his young daughter wrote out a paragraph, an egotistical man announcing. Right. David, on the basis of that, never having seen the show, wrote a script for them, which he sent out, and they bought it and him immediately. No way. And he won the Emmy for the famous Chuckles of the Clown. Oh, that was the best. Well, David and I, walking down... I've never told this publicly. Oh, my You don't God, suppose so that anyone's excited. listening. No, you? no, I have no... Uh, no I wouldn't listeners. tell it when we go in right. there. Would you listen um, to this? Yeah. <laughs> Dick. Cabot. Cabot. So... Uh, Dave and I are walking down the aisle across the street over the 30 Rock, going back to our offices, having handed in our jokes to Jack. Mm-hmm. And this man I won't mention again came out of the men's room, mm-hmm. waved to us, moved on. We both 
despised him we were because we were like everybody else. Right. And uh, David said years later, here's what you said that I think is the best thing you've ever said. Obviously, I had to hear it. Right. I'll even tell you if you right. want. Right. Thank you. Uh, he said, what do you think Paul does in the men's room? Jack's head writer. I said, that's where he puts his best stuff on paper. <laughs> Oh my God! Can I steal that dick? You can have it. I would never. Oh, that's well, days later. I, I said, David, you've got a good one too. Right. I remember that time you got irritated with Paul and said, Paul, you know your parents owe the world a retraction. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> when you when you had the Dick Cavett show, which for me as a child, uh, <laughs> I, I just your voice, your being. It, it, I, I don't know. It's just a part of my life, you know? Yeah. And you had the Dick... And the thing about the Dick Cavett show that I loved, uh, A, the host, mm-hmm. was very great. I loved him. Dick. Blonde in the summer. Yeah, blonde in the summer. Bleaching yeah. his hair and hiding skin cancer. But very yeah. The, I, I the thing was... It's this is before these stupid panel shows we have now and the fake like I can't stand fake ire fake I'm mm. so mad but they're really not and you had these personalities on together mm-hmm. and it it was civil you know it was a civil discussion I mean you, the discussion with Gore Vidal mm. and Norman Mailer. That was the damnedest show I ever did. That should be available to the public. Uh, it, that was... Anybody who hasn't seen that. That Gore Vidal, Norman Mailer. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what was the woman? The woman was Janet the something? The great Janet Flanner of yeah. the New Yorker. 30 years she wrote the letter from Paris. Right. Under the pseudonym Janet. Right. And she's sitting there. And, I mean, Norman... I mean, I read that he was drunk. Is that correct? Or he had you been drinking? You didn't need to read it. You could see it. I know. <laughs> and they, he was, I mean, I'm, he makes Donald Trump look like Mother Teresa in that. Mm. Wait a minute. I need a moment for that. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, unfortunately, on YouTube, my notorious comment to him and the things leading up to it are mm-hmm. there under Mailer Vidal Cabot on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how people misquote the key insult of, on my mm, part. Right. Because uh, it came, uh, Norman got exasperated, and I, he said, I'm bigger than all the people here. And right. I said, in what ways? He said, intellectually, right. intellectually smaller, you're all intellectually smaller. I said, maybe you'd like another chair to contain your giant intellect. And this, of course, got a laugh. That was, and then I turned yeah. my chair to join the yes. other. And then we got into this thing about finger bowls, which yes. I never understood. Mm-hmm. And then he said the thing that I could never have guessed. He said, what could irritate you the most on the air? It would be compared with David Frost. Mm. I didn't know so much. Right. And I can justify that in a lot of ways if you want. But he said, in so doing, and that's how I interpreted right. it. Right. What did you just... Uh, Cabot, read the next question off your oh, yes. question sheet. Yes. And I heard myself say, rather civilly, why don't you fold it five ways and put it where the moon don't shine? Right. The laugh went on till the following show, practically. Mm-hmm. 
Kevin, is it something you've had canned can for years, something you're waiting for? And I said, I should tell you a quote from Tolstoy. Yeah. That, unfortunately, got another huge laugh. Right. Norman lost because humor was pretty much left out of it. Right. And Gore, of course, decimated. Oh, he! what a classy... I mean, he really was yeah. well-spoken. By the way, don't let me hear that you missed seeing uh, Best of Enemies, the film about Mailer, uh, about uh, Buckley and Vidal, which opened last week. And um, is those spectacular right. debates during the 69 convention. Oh, my God. I have where, not seen uh, it yet, but I will see it, see it by don't, the time this airs. be the only documentary I've ever seen that doesn't have a single dull moment. Oh, I have to see that. And when Gore finally undoes Buckley right, and elicits the classic line, Stop calling me a crypto-Nazi, you queer, which he manages to make three right. syllables. Or I'll sock you in their goddamn face and you'll stay plastered. No, I like Bill. We became friends. Right. I, Gore I loved. Um, but that isn't very butch dialogue. Yeah, I know. Sock you in the face and you'll stay plastered. I, you wouldn't give. Can you imagine John Wayne getting around that? Oh line? my God! Forget it. <laughs> and then there was the fight, uh, the John O'Neill John Kerry, about the Vietnam War. Yeah, that was how I got on the White mm. House. And then, and the Nixon wanted you off the air for that, correct? Yeah. Every, if I need Congrats. refreshment any day, all I have to do is go to YouTube yes, and put yes. Nixon Cabot and see Nixon at his desk in the Oval Office with his lick spittle, H.R. Right. Haldeman, an Elizabethan adjective that should be used more. And the last line of it is, so, well, Cabot, what can we do to screw him? There must be something. <laughs> and Haldeman says, we're working on it. Uh, and I, that's, I'd give all Emmys back. Oh, my God, yeah. In exchange for that. That. You don't have to. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. That is, I mean, did you not feel powerful? I felt like Paul Newman must have felt oh. when he, on a show of mine, announced that he would give away, maybe that's where I got it, right. that he would denounce and return all his Oscars for the honor of being on the enemies list with Nixon. Wow. The only criminal president we know we've had so far. And interesting, Aspiro Agnew, a criminal vice president, at the same time. He, but, you were, gonna, you promised to ask me something. Well, I, I just want dullest guess. Well, let me. Why don't I look at my sheet and ask the next question? <laughs> no, Shall, nobody would do that. But the thing was that that it was even though these people despised one another. Yeah. They, you facilitated. A civil conversation, which does not happen on television uh, anymore. Up to that point. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I'm going to tell you, Lauren, Lauren is trans. So Lauren my co-host in in his head is a is a he has the wrong body. So you're looks, kidding. No, yes. Yeah, so he is a a guy in a woman's body. So okay. and does not want to get the surgery. I had Jan Morrison. I you had Christine Jorgensen on. I you know I had forgotten that. But I remember Jan Morris, mm -hmm. her book Conundrum. Right. It was the first time I had to face up to the possible saying statement from the time I was whatever, I knew I was born into the wrong body. Right. She was hesitant about coming on. 
She didn't know me. She's right. from Welsh, English, right. lives in Wales, of course. Not English, Welsh. Right. And a uh, great writer, and I'd read her travel books, which are the best ever written. And she um, had warned somebody on my staff that if things got irksome, she would leave. And she was booked for 90 minutes. Right. Hmm. That's a risk. Right. Mm-hmm. At one point, she said, using that phrase, that word the English wrongly use as meaning irritating, some of your questions are very boring. You know, they don't mean boring. They'll right. say to an acting up kid, you're being right. very boring. Right. Um, and I thought, uh-oh, here she goes. And then we got on good terms again. Right. It was fascinating. I decided to risk near the, with only 10 minutes to go. Nice. Saying, you know, there's one thing in your book I could not get my mind around. You talked about an aged, somewhat um, Cambridge professor who had a sex change in order to make love to women as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's still true. I said, somehow it does seem to me you could safely call that queer. Right. Because I still can't make the right. other loop jump. Right. Well, she laughed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which was nice. Um, and we became friends. She came out to the house. Here's an interesting thing about sex. We, we had a, sex? Well, that makes it interesting right there. Yeah. We, we had a nasty cockatoo. And, and I know the drag queen. Not what cockatoo. I thought you were going to yeah. say. Cockatoo, baby. Yeah. Um, a nasty cockatoo, like the one in Citizen Kane. Right. Or the one that bites Joseph Cotton in The Third Man. Uh, tall, white, yellow-crested bird in a big cage. And it loved women and did not like men. You know, I have friends who have dogs like that. Yeah. I, I believe I have a dog like that. It you loves do? Me, but it, my wife, it can't be apart from. Well, Jan came into the room where the bird was. Right. Carrie Nye said, I have to warn you, she came in and she said, uh, he has certain eccentricities. Uh, for example, he he doesn't like most people. She corrected herself right. to, and as she approached the cage, the bird went. <laughs> I'm making his head of what's this ahead of me? What yeah. is this? One eye shot. Cock your head. He's yeah. contorting his face like a cockatoo. Yeah. Precisely. Well done. Thank <laughs> you. You should keep. Uh, Lauren. Lauren, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lauren's, an anagram but, for, Lauren's an anagram for Unreal, I just noticed. Wow. Anyway, Jan I said, to her you. eternal credit, well, the bird doesn't seem to know what to make of me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and that, that was exactly what right. it did. Right. Humor disarms, humor disarms people, and it is the most pal- palatable way to get a subversive topic across. It puts us all on the same page. Well, it, it, yes, I think it does disarm people. I mean... Do you know who said the following? What? I'll give you a hint. <laughs> Is it Dick his real Cabot? Na- no. Okay. His real name was Samuel Clemens. Oh, yes. And he said, in the face of laughter... No, I mean, I don't... To misquote Mark Twain on Judy Gold's show, yeah. it's unforgivable. <laughs> Could, would you do it on another person's show? I think it's in the face. This yeah. is good enough. Okay. In the face of laughter, nothing can stand. True, except the mic. But that is true. Stand mic. Yes. Like you're in the stand up comedian. Yes. Um, mm. 
But the the one, um, and then we're done with this because okay. I know you hate talking about. It. But Christine Jorgensen was a, a someone who had had a way back, right? Yeah, maybe, and, but maybe. That you're the first person to have a trans person on television. Is that so? Well, that we know of. Oh, maybe so. Yeah, and she, you said something to her oh. about her wife, and then she got mad and left. And you're you, ringing a bell, be- yes, because I seem to remember ABC objecting to that booking. Mm-hmm. And you never... As well as many others. Yeah, but they didn't... I don't think they showed it, but I did read... Oh, I would... You know, I'm going to have to check on yeah, that. Yeah, get back to me on that. I will. On episode know. two. Yeah, i um, know. I... We share some things in common, and one of them is the fact that, you know, these uh, unbelievable people... These good people are shot in a church, uh, in a movie theater, and yet Dick Cheney is alive. I, every time a good person dies, all I think, what? Dick Cheney is alive. I I say it all the time. I cannot, I don't fucking understand. We just joined, well, it doesn't prove there's a God, does it? No. Uh, We just um, linked little fingers. Odd, you should say this in mm-hmm. your uncanny way. Judy and Dick made a pinky promise motion yes. with their fingers as Judy was speaking. Thank you so much. That everything. It, Lauren is the stage director. The Yes, go ahead. What if they found out we have no clothes on? Yeah. And, Judy and, and by Dick the way, are very impressed. Very impressed. <laughs> both naked and... This, yeah. this person here. I know. <laughs> but uh, here, I don't get... What is that? Why well, is... Let me, let me okay. tell you why I said that. It's my show, after all. God damn it, go. <laughs> Those are the words I always wanted to hear from yeah, you, um, you in various contexts. Ah. Anyway, um, okay, so I'm on HuffPost Live. Did about an hour. I did another great one with Stephen Fry, the great mm-hmm. Stephen Fry. Oh, yes. And I must tell you something of his to Google in case you're hit by a bus and never see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Fry on God. Okay. Stephen Fry and God. That'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah. It's um, from BBC show. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. And have your paper on my desk by Friday. I will. I have. Yeah. Double space. Any idea? That's the only way she'll watch it. Yeah. What was I talking about? We were talking about. uh, Oh, HuffPost Live. HuffPost. You know, they do what I think is called a um, a squib. Like in Maureen Dowd's column, there'll yes. be a little heavy type thing yes, in the middle yes, of telling course. what it's about. Right. Well, they put squibs up on their screen mm-hmm. from past shows. I'm immortalized there mm-hmm. because David Frost had died. And um, my my contribution to the face of the screen of HuffPost Live is Dick Cavett on the death of David Frost. <gasps> Why is it never Dick Cheney? Oh, my God, that's great. I that went everywhere. Love it. You can have How it. How much did you get hate mail? Did you get... Oh, yeah. Goodbye forever, Mr. Cavett. And yeah. Angel. Nobody's ever come up to my favorite piece of hate mail, though. What? My lovely secretary, then named Doris Mikesell, was yes. um, kind of hiding a piece of paper on her desk or put something mm-hmm. over it. And I said, what is that? And she said, well, you don't want to see that. I said, yes, I do. It was mm-hmm. nasty. Yeah, well... I'll quote it exactly for okay. you. Okay. First of all, it was in a letter envelope. Right. It had the return address of uh-huh. Waco, Texas. Mm. 
mm. which is one of the capitals of hate mail, as right. you learn in this business. <laughs> yes. And, uh, <laughs> they have lots have of stationery in Waco. It was a telegram form, though, in an envelope, and they had block-lettered, Dear, maybe I had had Jane Fonda on. Right. Dear Dick Cavett, you little sawed-off faggot communist shrimp. And there was a return address, and I wrote back, I am not sawed off. <laughs> I love it. See, you actually had to write back. Yeah. You couldn't you do the whole... Had to. Block. I'm going to block you, but I'm going to say something yeah. nasty first. You know something, Judy? Yeah. See if you feel this is true. Watching, uh, you know, I can only go so long without mentioning Groucho Marx. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. When uh, they just read my greatest hour with Groucho on mm-hmm. TCM, and more people, it gratifies me that there are people who hadn't seen it who just right. did, where everything he did was funny all the way through. Right. Sang Lydia the Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting there with him, I would notice something I hadn't noticed before that he was sometimes amused by what he just said mm-hmm. and, I, and not only amused by it but surprised by it and you've done that you've, right. like, you've gotten a line off and ad lib and you're and think, like oh my god I, I didn't right, think right. of that and then say right. I guess I'll say it right uh, it would be with God said what you say and he could have fooled me and, right. really, and in that context it was hilarious I mean, right. and he'd kind of <laughs> like gee I especially Groucho Marx right. my god I got off a very funny thing then and what do you think the mechanism is in the brain? Where does the, in the same sense of where do dreams come from? Right. Did you write them and then right. be surprised by them? Where did that line come from? Where did when Groucho, we used to go to a dinner party in California once and the snooty hostess, and Groucho said, let's get out of here. And she caught the people leaving mm-hmm. at the French doors and said, Leaving so soon, Mr. Marx? And Groucho said, I've had a wonderful evening, but this wasn't it. <laughs> uh, now, he looked surprised. Like, did I say that? Yeah, and so, she was probably speechless. Is, is it another us inside? Right, that, right, right, right. I think oh, it's God. an awareness. Here's, yeah. Here's one I just kept. James Agee years ago wrote a wonderful piece about the Marx Brothers and mm-hmm. some movies then way back. And he said, I often wonder about how much of the audience catches Groucho's weirdest curves. Mm. And I remember that phrase through the years of knowing him. I have four or five examples, but here's a great one. I wasn't witness to this, mm-hmm. obviously. Sam Wood directed one of their movies. Right. Uh, or two. Didn't like Groucho. Nor, and it was their, of course, mutual. Mm-hmm. But he made the mistake, Sam Wood, W-O-O-D. Let me write that down. Wood as Wood. In, mm-hmm. Yes. Opposite of would not. Yeah. Uh, Sam Wood said in front of everybody, the crew, looking at Groucho, obviously disgusted by him, saying, and said, you can't make an actor out of clay. Mm-hmm. And Groucho said, nor a director out of wood. Nice. Oh, yeah! I that's one of the good ones. I love that. Oh, that's for everyone <laughs> um, out yeah. there. That's for all performers. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm pissed off a lot. Um, as, no. Yes, I get pissed well, off. call and me I, when it, you and feel... It, 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 I, because I can't believe what has happened to the world. So, first of all, I, I just want to throw things that I really want your take on. 
that uh, mm. I don't care for ISIS. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I, lo- to I love like cherry, cherry or the rainbow. Mm, the rainbow um, ISIS is the best. What happened to bipartisanship? To the res- respect for other people. I mean, no one yelled mm. "You lied" to Nixon. No mm-hmm. one yelled "You lied" to G. W. Bush. What the fuck is going on with Roe v. Wade? And what happens? Like that we can't even. I, I know that Ford would go out. Who was Ford? Ford President Ford was good friends with. Um, what you call it? Uh, Rockefeller? No. Um, was it Moynihan? I don't know that they were possibly. Yeah, and so a Democrat and a Republican could go to dinner and actually like each other. Oh, yes, yes. What has... I think, I believe... I know. ...that George W. Bush... In my lifetime, I witnessed the most with GWB Mm -hmm. and Clinton. Mm -hmm. But what is going... I feel like we're going to have a civil war. That's imminent, no? I don't know when we... And Citizens United. You can add that in there. Okay. If you haven't seen my PBS special called Dick Cavett's Watergate, right. I, I want to come back when you have seen it and we can talk about okay. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're coming back? You'll get it. Yeah, just like I that. love him so much. Okay, Dick Cavett's Watergate. If you Watergate. can squeeze me in. That um, is recorded, Mr. Yeah. Cavett. It's yes. a stunning hour. Okay. Abs- people have watched it eight or ten times. Okay, don't make me um, Go ahead. I don't get credit for it. Right. It, Except because it was put together brilliantly by right. the people who do that mm-hmm. when on a show. I didn't do it. But because I had all the bastards in Watergate on my show, and someone, my friend Robert Bader, pointed out going through my old tapes and stuff, you know how much Watergate you had on? Oh. You had Holmes, you had Ehrlichman, you had Klein, you had Klein mm. Deans, you had Jock Mitchell, you had all of them. I did a show in the hearing room, which mm-hmm. caused controversy. Because mm. what's a pantaloon, a 2D. Right burlesque comic doing in an August Senate hearing room. Um, And I realized watching it the third time this was bipartisanship at its very, very best. Oh, of course! They all got the son of uh, the president uh, out of office Mm -hmm. almost had to cut his hands off at Mm -hmm. the wrists to do so. Uh, This is a man who emerged from the womb screaming I want to be president right who had no social skills right. no ability to talk to people and no physical aptitude mm-hmm. and forced himself by will right. get you in strength to the office and land where all those things are needed right hmm. and you have to hand it to him in the sense that maybe a big dumb hateful son of a bitch can lift a thousand pounds right well, right that's good um, so we had Nixon, a criminal president, um, the, the great unindicted co-conspirator is the mm-hmm. nicest thing you can say about him now, and a criminal, <laughs> and, and, as uh, Carl Bernstein says in stuff tape made for this special show, we got John Dean back, I love mm-hmm. it. you're going to love it. Um, he said, isn't it interesting, the day after his landslide re-election... Hard to remember. I know, yeah, I know. Biggest in history, maybe. McGovern. The yeah. tapes 
the Nixon tapes from that day are not. Isn't this great? Let's have champagne. Let's be sure to think mm-hmm. thank you notes. It's let's kill this son of a bitch right. who didn't support mm-hmm. us. And let's wreck this guy's auto business. Right. Out and let's get it. Uh, the hatred and bile and venom that Nixon uh, embodied. And he contained. had Kissinger. He hates the Jews. He has Kissinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, the contradictions are endless. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't then... Mm-hmm. That I, then I remembered, yes, a criminal vice president, Agnew, mm-hmm. of course, nearly went to jail. Right. Have. He was the dullest guest I ever had on a show. And it, sadly, my anagram curse didn't strike till it was too late, a week uh, later. Which? That Spiro anagram, uh, Spiro Agnew mm-hmm. anagram says, you've probably already noticed, to grow a penis. <laughs> my God, Check I love it. Out. it. That's my anagram. No. <laughs> and Gore That's said, your wish. That's what you wish was your anagram. Yeah. Gore Vidal, Truth. for all his smarts, envied and was mystified by my anagram ability. I love it. But did I say in that, I'm going to try to compete with you. Grow a spine also works. Ah, that's I a can. good one. And I then made 27 anagrams of Gore Vidal's name. Oh, my God. Because it has... The right combination of vowels. And right. Rival Doge, Gad, I love her, a dog liver, I love drag. Oh, my God. All of these right. are... Dick, are, you need and a I th- Twitter <laughs> yeah, account. Kill. I'm so sorry to interrupt, no. boss. No, you should. You it's need a time. Twitter account that's Dick Cavett's anagrams. Boom. That's it. You just tweet Everyone that comes Why to your head. Why can't he just well, write them in a book? I startled Stephen Fry by to saying, me. have you noticed that atheists is eat shit? I'll start it. Eat shit. Oh, oh yeah, that's hilarious. But milder, that's eat fun. this. Right. <laughs> God, I'm um, sorry. I didn't even know that one until now. Oh, my God. You inspire right. me. What's it like All in right. your head? Uh, Judy Gold, you are a wonder. I love you. Now. That's okay, too. Um, I, I feel like... I'm very old-fashioned. I mean, I'm my well, parents. I I had older parents. My yeah. grandparents were all born in the 1800s. I grew up different than most people. Well, I can age. tell you're old-fashioned. That black bombazine dress and your reticule. Uh, first of all, I have an audition, so I don't need that, no, Mister Cabot. Sorry. Oh God, I've done it now. And I put on a skirt for you. I can tell when I'm not wanted. God damn it! Now, Shit, it, okay. No I'm going to throw things left. out. These these things piss me off. Okay, go ahead. Ready? And you have to talk about this. What if I disagree? Oh, okay. No, you won't. Okay. Bill Cosby, go. That's very difficult to talk about because we uh, struggled simultaneously in the bitter end and the gaslight and all those little clubs mm-hmm. upstairs at the duplex. And I would go in and watch Bill and he would watch me. And he was on my show a number of times. One of them was the very, very earliest of the shows I did. He sat there, and he was being a little pompous mm-hmm. with his lit cigar, and I grabbed it and put it in a glass of water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he couldn't believe it. He must have been so I dunked PO'd. his cigar. Yeah. He, he was funny about it. He did what most people would agree is one of the funniest things they ever, ever saw on a show of mine. It was about ten minutes or more about getting drums as a kid. Right. And sitting where you are was Cosby. Mm-hmm. There I am. And Mr. Benny Kubelski, mm-hmm. better known as Jack Benny, is mm-hmm. sitting here. And Benny fell, not fake laughter, over into my lap laughing. 
and it's very sad because he's clearly a sociopath of some right. sort, that there was a case where maybe genius therapy and psychoanalysis right. could have cured his crimes, do mm-hmm. we dare say? Yeah, no, I'm into that. Crimes yeah, is fine. Yeah. Very sad. Were you shocked? It's sadder for the women, let's remind yes. ourselves, and maybe his wife, who knows what she is. And um, shocked, yes, of course, yeah. I don't see... It says something that you can get so famous, mm-hmm. so successful, and so admired. I'm not sure you can generalize about it. Right. But in some instances, you can decide you can get away with anything. But the, And the, his reaction, it's, it's, it's Trump-ish. You know, this mm. I'm Teflon. Uh, they're, uh, you know, look at the amount of... Why would a woman... It, I don't know. It, it, I know. And, and that we still... And there are people who still think, well, I don't know if he did it. He did it! Well, I, I don't know if he did it. I sent Whoopi Goldberg, whom I like very much, right. a thing saying, I hope this doesn't endanger our friendship. But in, uh, your remarks about Cosby um, come from an utterly utter misunderstanding mm-hmm. of what presumption of innocence means. It's the most misunderstood phrase right. in America. I agree. It has nothing to do with and my column about it ends go out now and presume guilt. Right. Um, it's it, it, it's not even rule of law. It's a rule of evidence. It's, it takes place only in the court with the jury. Right. And you get a little ditz like uh, Tanya Harding's mm-hmm. friend saying that that's awful time. Right. Um but she's got to be presumed innocent until proven right. guilty. It's her constitutional right. It's the cornerstone of our democracy. <laughs> Is this an unflattering imitation? I love it. I love not. it. No, it isn't. has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. And if you feel you're losing that argument, and I have much more in my piece, which yes. I'll send you, uh, <laughs> these rash promises, um, Ask the person why the jails are full of people awaiting trial if right. they're innocent. Right. We got way too many people in jail. Oh, that's that and this country's stinking racism. Oh, I can't. Probably there's nowhere to begin on right. it. It's just a guy who didn't see his kids grow up because he had what? A, a, a teaspoonful of crack or I something. I know. That, or, or pot. And, uh, or pot. Those this began with Rockefeller, didn't right? It? These draconian yes. measures. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel about the fact that we are still talking about Roe v. Wade? Yeah, we're not talking about it very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's no defense for a woman not being able to choose what right. she wants to do with her life. A very close female friend of mine who's a woman, as some mm-hmm. would say. <laughs> um, Not all females are women. <laughs> Obviously. Doesn't no. know in her business associates of eight rather good friends, seven have had abortions. Mm-hmm. So I'm not condemning that. It points to how much uh, this is... 
They did not want to ruin whatever they were doing. They didn't want to. They didn't want to what they bring a child into they the world that they, who they can't care they for. They didn't care for. They didn't have enough money. Mm-hmm. They were married to an alcoholic. Right. They, uh, Birthy. Fa- um, I mean, what is with this? It, even in the even if the women want the mother's life is at risk. What the who the fuck are you? Yeah, those people. Scott Walker, be. Ted Cruz. Who the fuck? No. I'm going to borrow for my reaction. Those people should be, as Woody Allen said once when we saw an art picture mm-hmm. gallery and there was a picture of the late head of Hedda Hopper, should be drowned in liquid shit. <laughs> you know, Mike Huckabee, I read in the Times yesterday. Oh, I'm so glad he's obese again. I know, you? me too! That's what I was going to say! Is it? Yes! Oh, God. Oh, God. Because, you know, he's the one that passed the bill... Where uh, if your kid is fat, that you would they the school monitors and would send a note home, a fat note. It was in Science oh Times, so they would send. It she, was Tuesday, that so he passed a bill where if you know they're going to oversee, uh, you know the the diets of these kids and make sure that they're healthy, and parents were getting letters that. He started this. Your kid is overweight. We're concerned about blank. Oh my God. And look at him. Look at him. He was celebrating his weight loss right. years ago. Right. And um, uh, he's fat. Yeah. You guys boy. are such mean girls right now. No, he's just ugh. That's okay. That's uh, no, it's great. Uh, it's it's related to Schadenfreude. Right. Oh, the which, whole. I think we're which, in. Which, by the way, does have four syllables, folks. Not the. Um, <laughs> no, I couldn't. I couldn't be happier that he's uh, becoming the Hindenburg again. Yes, uh, but um, but we're what in- do you think can't be joked about? What do I think can't be joked? I don't. Nothing. Yeah, that's the right answer as far as I'm concerned. Yes, our friend Joan Rivers about oh. earlier this year, less than a year ago. Oh, was taken to task because mm-hmm. she had done the a joke about oh. uh, the, uh, related to the Holocaust in some way. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe it was the windows on the ground joke she did mm-hmm. about 9-11, which is vulgar and funny. Right. And I mean, it's a legitimate joke mm-hmm. anyway. But anyway, whatever it was, I think like, this one I think was the Holocaust. Um and she was denounced by a Jewish organization boldly for joking about that which cannot ever be a subject for humor. And I wrote, and it was publicized at the time, I think you'll find that there is no subject there can't be humor right. about. If there is, it would come as a big surprise to Mort Saul, Mark Twain... John Stewart, Stephen mm-hmm. Colbert, mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Cavett. Swift, right? Uh, Charlie Chaplin, Dick Cavett, or Cavett, and uh, um, and Joan uh, and said, "I'm I'm thoroughly on Joan's side on this." I didn't hear from I'm her. A, yeah, but a beautiful orchid. Oh, she orchid loved orchids. Came yeah, to yeah. the apartment. And you know, them. I have a I have a long-standing joke in my act about the Holocaust about when I visited the Anne Frank house 
and in um, Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, yeah. and uh, the joke is that uh, you know it, uh, these people lived in the smallest space for two and a half years, couldn't make any noise all day for being for fear of being caught by the Nazis. They didn't dare cough. They couldn't do anything. Yeah. So my joke is, which would have been the demise of my family, because there's no way my mother would have kept her mouth shut for the entire afternoon. And then I do a joke. Judith, I asked you to wash that dish ten minutes ago. Oh, shut up, we're going to get caught. That's right, we're going to get caught, and we're all going to die, because you couldn't wash a goddamn dish. That's one of my favorites. Now, I, so da- I, I dare say that's funny. Okay, so that... <laughs> joke I have been written you know and oh, I, well. you know I talk about the Holocaust in my act which is more important than you being personally offended mm-hmm. listen to the joke the joke is a funny joke and yet it opens a dialogue yep. about a topic that kids don't know about today because it's only it's only required in uh, six states in the United States in public schools to Is learn about so? the Holocaust. Yes, are those the same states that take nigger out of out of mm. very thin? Uh, oh God, probably. Isn't that unbelievable? Don't get me started on that. that. It's just incredible. A so-called Negro educator right. was holding forth on a show about the necessity for doing this. Rachel Dolezal? Is, uh, he might have been. Yeah. <laughs> he may not have been educated enough right. to know that, for example, Ernest Hemingway said this is the greatest novel uh, in the English language and all of American literature since it descends from Huckleberry Finn. Mm-hmm. And the great George S. Kaufman read it every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't think there should be any censorship except for troop movements. Right. Um, you can't change history. I was, well, I was right. censored on Jimmy Fallon. You were? NBC censored. Congrats. Well, they ran the clip where Gore drives Buckley mad. Right. He says that famous thing, and I think they blipped the word queer, but you could see what it was. So it's just it's ridiculous. Infantilism. Yeah, Going right. around saying oh, the N-word. Oh, yeah. good. People hearing that won't have any idea what it is. Right. Not only McLuhan would say that, not only emphasizes it, it cements it in the mind. I just, than... people don't listen. They don't listen to the full thought, the full idea, the full sentence. Yeah, they, it's what it, surrounds it that's important. Right, right. Yeah, we agree on that. Oh. Yeah, there's vocabulary for a reason. Yes. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Ashley Madison, which is the website. I don't know his work. Um, <laughs> he's got a lot of work, let me tell you. So I'm Ashley, Ma- the website yeah, where yeah. They, they just hacked it. They, out- and they outed all Philandry. the... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why I think we are in an age of schadenfreude. Combined you know. with a good dose of sadism. Right. Which should be pronounced sadism, right. it? Because hmm. it's the Marquis de Sade. But Is that sadism? I just... Maybe. In some instances. <laughs> I love this. I mean, this is... I mean, I can't tell you. I just wish I could get on that dark web where you can look everyone's... <sighs> Yeah. You know? I can get you on there, boss. And it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. Josh Duggar. I mean, could I not? I was giddy. 
Okay, Judy's probably going to kill me for cutting this interview short, but it's so good. I couldn't possibly edit anything out. So stay tuned for part two of Dick Cavett's show, the original interviewer with Judy Gold. It's amazing. My my head was going to explode during this. Um, also, if you haven't liked our Facebook page yet, please go to facebook.com slash Kill me cast and like us, uh, spread the shows, listen to our back episodes. We've got some amazing guests on Rosie O'Donnell, Mara Wilson, my wife, Hemda, Artie Lang, Christian Finnegan. I mean, check this out. If you haven't heard our past episodes, uh, share them with your friends. If you like the podcast, throw us a rating on iTunes, give us five stars and, uh, send in all your hate mail to, uh, Judy at judygold.com or, uh, follow me on Twitter and send it to me at Judy's assistant. J-E-W-D-Y-S. Kill me now. (laughs) 